Howdy friends, I'm Molly, your host today, and we want to welcome you back to the No Boundaries International podcast. As a reminder, this podcast is meant to be used as a tool to help equip you in your walk with Jesus in the areas of restoration, training, and outreach. And it's super fun because we do this by using a combination of exploring biblical principles and then also taking a closer look at concepts found in our Journey of Restoration CPR e-course. And then we have tons and tons of discussions surrounding what it means to actually follow Jesus in these areas. So in today's episode, we're very, very excited to welcome back Dr. Tracy Rogers to continue on with our little mini series that comes right out of the devotional that Dr. Tracy wrote. So as a reminder, she's the executive director of our No Boundaries International Amarillo base. And so joining us, of course, will be our very own Sandy Orchard. Hello. And she is our vice president and co-founder of No Boundaries in general. So welcome, you guys. Hello. Thanks. Hello. Woohoo. I'm very excited, once again, as <laughs> per usual. So just as a little recap, we started this whole little mini-series discussing how First, that Jesus wants a relationship with us, right? And we talked about how we are literally created for relationship with Him, that that was the whole point since the very beginning, that we would know Him and be known by Him, that we would walk with Him and talk with Him and think on the things He tells us to think on and exhibit the fruit of knowing Him when we're under the pressures of this world, and then to also live in the grace given to us day by day. That was, kind of, that was a great recap. I'm not trying to toot my own horn or, or anything, but toot toot. <laughs> so then now that we have established that we're made for relationship, then today we're going to look at an excerpt from Dr. Tracy's devotional that focuses on how we hear from God. I mean, like if we're in relationship with God, you must have some way of communicating with him. That feels like just relationship 101. So Sandy, why don't you go ahead and kick things off? Okay, so uh, from the devotional, it says, One of those most discouraging statements I've ever heard from believers was, God doesn't speak. That's why he gave us his word. Honestly, that's a lie from the evil one. Satan would love for us all to believe that God never speaks. But if that were true, why would he give us the Holy Spirit? God speaks, and we, but we just have to learn how to listen and be willing to receive. How he speaks is unique to each person in each situation. He speaks audibly at times, but in my life, I can only think of one time that I actually looked uh, around the room because I felt like the voice I heard just had to be right there. He also speaks through others. So maybe you're praying about a decision when someone suddenly someone says something confirming the decision you need to make, and they don't even know about your pending decision. He can also speak through a feeling. Uh, have you ever been uh, prompted to do something and you know it's uh, out of the norm for you? Some will refer to that voice inside of you as just a gut feeling. And personally, I don't believe in that. But what I do believe is the Holy Spirit's inside of you, and He will prompt you, and will reveal truth to you, and will give you revelation. And though, so these are just a few of the ways that He might be speaking. Uh, that's good. And I think that I really like how in the beginning, Dr. Tracy, that you started off with God speaks. We just have to learn how to listen and be willing to receive. Mm -hmm. And there's two things in that of willing, like of how to listen and then willing to receive. And I feel like those things are critical 
And, you know, we're not always taught this whole learning how to listen. And I think a big part in communication, obviously, is learning how to hear other people or their side of things. Like how weird would it be if I just came and talked at you guys for five minutes and never had any kind of response or just, Tracy, here's what I need and here's everything that I'm thinking. Okay, thanks. Bye. You know, and like, we'll put that on God in a lot of ways. And then we call it prayer mm-hmm. or we yes. say, no, this is relationship. We've just communicated. Really? You were just giving him your laundry list of what you yes. need. Right. He's, he's your genie in the bottle. Yeah. Or you've said the things for, you know, you talked at him for five minutes yeah. and then you go on about your day and you didn't ever actually listen mm-hmm. to see like what he was saying or where he was going with it. Mm-hmm. And then I think the second part with the being willing to receive Like, that's huge because then if he, when you do realize that he's speaking to you and you do realize what he said, but what happens if you don't do anything with that? If you don't receive it as truth or if you don't receive it as something that's real, you know, like Tracy, you've been married for how long? 24 years. 24? 24. (laughs) Wow. That's a solid adult time like you know right that's a very long time (laughs) um but in that so if you're I mean just as a great illustration in my brain I can see like so you're in the other room you're watching tv you're hanging out and in the other room is your husband and he's in the kitchen and he's the oven catches fire and then he's like man Tracy the oven's on fire and you can hear in your head the oven's on fire But then if you choose not to do anything with that information because you're not seeing it or experiencing it or choose not to believe him doesn't make that fact not true. Right. You know, that's a really good point. Very good. Like, because then just because you didn't see it doesn't mean it's not going on that. Right. Poor little Kenny's not in in there in the kitchen fighting the fire on his own. (laughs) Yes. And it doesn't change the truth. That's exactly right. Yeah. Right. Our belief is not the truth is not dependent on what we think. Yeah. Thankfully. Right. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah. So along those lines, Dr. Tracy, talk about a little bit whenever it doesn't, when we don't feel it or when we're not seeing it or when we're not believing it. Well, I think, um, you know, we tend to not listen or especially when we think we might get an answer we don't like. Ooh. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like when you go to your group of friends that you want, you need, you're seeking some advice or counsel, but you really want, you're going to go to the people that you think will tell you what you want to hear. That agree with you. Yeah. You don't want to go to somebody that doesn't agree. And so I think about, we kind of do that to God, you know, we don't want to take the things that we already know his answer, because if we have that relationship, we, we pretty much know what he's, how he's going to respond. Yeah. And so then we just think, okay, well, I'm just not going to ask. I'm not going to pray about that. And then it doesn't matter. Ooh. Don't you think? Or whenever you go to him with your already justified answers. Yes. Like you go to him explaining all the ways that you're right already. Exactly. And and why, why, why we're right. And God, you don't understand if, if, if you do this, then I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And once you've already made up your mind, it's just, it's all downhill from there. I mean, when you have a conversation with the Lord, which Sandy, I think you can speak on this, but like, what does it look like to approach him in humility? 
Well, you know, and that's, that's something that I had to come to grips with because like when you, like, especially when you start reading the Bible, because when you start reading the Bible and you slow way down and you ask the Holy Spirit um, to reveal things to you and to speak to you through the word and to show you things in that, you start noticing things that, yeah, like this whole, uh, you know, some of these things like the creating the world thing and, um, and healing people or supernatural things like we don't see them in the, in this current culture that we live in, yeah. but that doesn't mean it's not true. And yeah. so there's some absolutes in God that he does things that he does and the, and the nature that he does that even though we may not see it doesn't change him any less. Mm. And so I had to realize that as I, I was reading the Bible, that just because I didn't experience it doesn't mean that God isn't that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about a supernatural God. I mean, this is, and so we gloss over this really quickly, but like we as Christians, when we start reading the word and this, and we start, even when we start in Genesis, which favorite book again, but <laughs> we start reading about how God created the heavens and the earth. And I mean, we're talking like, this is a God who starts with nothing and creates yeah. the world that we live in. And so what kind of power does a, that kind of a God have? What kind of power that I have never, I've never experienced it. And I've never seen that, I've witnessed that before. But so who am I to put God into this tiny little box that he can only speak to me this one way mm-hmm. when really he can speak to me a million different ways, but I have to be open to that. He's mm-hmm. only going to, he's only going to, well, he's not restricted, but he prefers to work in how I believe he will work. So if yeah. I believe that he's, he can do anything, that he's supernatural and he's all powerful, then that opens up my receptivity to hear him mm-hmm. because I'm expecting him more. And I'm, but I'm open to different ways of him talking to me. So whether it's he speaks to me through his word or whether he speaks to me through a feeling or the, the small still voice in my heart or he speaks to me through a friend or... So he's not the little cookie cutter God. He's going to do the same thing every single time, you know? Yeah. But I have to be open to that. That's like in whenever Jesus like walked around like healing people and he only did what the father was saying to do, but he healed people different ways throughout the gospel. That's right. And even in the Old Testament, it's like that. Because like um, when the Israelites, they left Egypt, they had the 40 year wandering. And so now Joshua is in charge. When they took over the, the promised land, every single time was different, but it was different because they had to ask God, how do you want me to do this? Mm. It wasn't that God gave them this plan. Now for every single territory, you have this one way of taking it over. They, they had to go to him and that's relationship. They had to have right. that relationship or they wouldn't have had a plan. But if, if they had gone with the I'm going to do it this one way every single time. Well, that's not what God wanted. God wanted to have the conversation with Joshua and the Israelites. He wanted to have that relationship. He wanted that dependence. And, you know, God, because he is supernatural, he's going to know the thing that's best for us. When we may not be smart enough, even on our own to know it, but he's going to know. But we have to have enough humility within us to, to say, okay, God, I think I trust you more than even I trust myself. What do you Mm. think about you know, this thing and yeah. just having that conversation with them. Mm. And that's where I said, like, it takes, I mean, it's an act of humility, mm-hmm. but, and to say like, God, I know that you know better than I do, but that's whenever he's going to drop like the divine strategies or divine, you know, uh, ideas into your spirit about how he wants you to handle a situation or how he wants you to talk to someone like, 
that level of dependence. And Dr. Tracy, you, I mean, you probably have some sort of story about God speaking to you. Absolutely. Several, you know, but one that's really on my heart right now after listening to Sandy was, you know, one of the things that we do after we do anything, and at least once a year, we look at everything that we're doing. Mm -hmm at the Amarillo base. And we say, okay, God, is this where you want us? Mm. Because we never want to, to say the words, well, we've always, always done, done it this way. way. Yeah. Wow. You know, and it goes back to, and it just never clicked until this very moment that it's all about <laughs> that relationship. Yeah. You know, I, isn't that amazing? Yes. There was my aha moment during our, right. Cause our he, podcast. Wants you, he wants your heart. He wants Absolutely. you to ask him and to seek him. So that to strengthen the relationship yes. more than he wants you to just do things robotically. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so we can get so caught up doing great things. They're just not our great things to do. Oh. They're for somebody else. And so we just always want to be making sure that, uh, you know, and there's a lot of people that don't know what to do with that whenever we start this process. Yeah. Because they think, well, you're just changing things to change things. Well, no. No. But God still speaks. Yeah, we, we want to be better. We want yeah. to we want to strengthen our relationship as we help others to strengthen theirs. Yeah, that's so good. So then, okay, Sandy, let's get us back on. <laughs> okay, so can we read another excerpt from this section? Sure. Okay, so um, the next section. So, yes, continuing on, it says, Now for the big question. How do you know if it's from God? Again, we go to our brain. He knew how complex he created us and how easily distracted we could become. God is faithful and he cannot and he will not contradict his written word, which means if what you hear doesn't produce the fruit of the spirit, then it's not from God. Mm. I know this one. Like for sure, a lot of times people are always like, is that me or is that him? Mm -hmm. Like I can't tell was that my own thought or was that Holy Spirit? But Tracy, you bring up this excellent point that is also in our journey of restoration point, like mm-hmm. in our psychoeducation um, section that everything has to go through our own brain. So like, of course, when we hear the answer or we, of course, when we hear God speaking, sometimes it's going to sound like us mm-hmm. because it's the way that he created us. Like he created our brains and he created everything to filter through that. But if he's really dwelling within us and calls us his temple and that we're created in him and that we're made by him and for him and in through him, then it's no wonder that it's going to sound a little bit like us. So I like that there's that kind of like the the standard that it has mm-hmm. to be scripturally mm-hmm. based. Yeah. So as long as whatever you're hearing and filtering through your brain, that it stands in line with what scripture says, because mm-hmm. it won't ever contradict what the Bible says. And I also think, or the character of the God, right. the character right. and nature of God, like it won't ever do that. Mm-hmm. And so Tracy, I mean, has there ever, do you have any examples of a time that you were like, I heard this and it was like, what? But then it turned out to be true or work out? I think that in my personal life, um, you know, right now, Kenny is 1,600 miles away on a project. Mm. And he had the opportunity to come 
really close to home on a different project. And as we both prayed about it, we really felt like God was saying, that's not what's supposed to happen right now. Mm. I have you in your places for a purpose, and you're going to just have to trust me. And if we were to just tell people that, they would think we had lost our minds. Right. (laughs) But we knew that we knew this was what was supposed to happen. And so that's what we've done. And um, it's not always been easy, but we know that it's we're exactly where He has us for this moment. Yeah. And a lot of times it will go against what looks like on paper is the logical response. And so you could go in your mind pretty quickly and figure out all the ways that Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense and Mm -hmm. all the ways that what he's saying isn't going to work and all the ways that you don't understand it. Or you can trust God. Right. And and believe what he says. Isn't that the very definition of faith? Mm Is to trust. To trust him. Yeah. When it seems absurd and when we can't see that's where faith really kicks in. Yeah. Well, I too, I think, too, that once we as believers start um, understanding that he speaks to us and we start hearing his voice and he starts directing and lead us. So there's going to be times in there. And, and Tracy sort of hit on that a little bit. Like he's going to tell us stuff that we just flat don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Like, God, I don't know why you're telling me to do this. Yes. In other words, like in my head, it, this that's like. So you need to tell me why I'm doing this. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. me as the human, I want the logic. Ooh, I want yeah, the logic yes. behind that. You know, and so I used to I used to work for a lot of years in surgery. I was a surgery nurse for like 20-something years. And there was like bazillions of rules, but they all had the, they always had a why behind them. Mm. And it usually had to do with safety of the patient and, and all this sort of stuff. And so there was always a why behind there. So I really got into that, that kind of rote of, okay, God... I don't understand why you're telling me this. So why? Mm. But then I had to realize, so this is the creator of the universe. He's the God of everything. He's the king of everything. He's the Messiah of everything. He's got his reasons. And so he, he could, if he wanted to explain it to me, but there's a couple things. Number one, he doesn't owe me an explanation because he's the king <laughs> yeah. and I'm right. not. Wow. Number two, there's a lot. Of, I think sometimes the answers are more complicated than we can actually fathom on our mm-hmm. own. Yeah. And so there's going to be times when he may not give you an explanation, but it goes back to the trust. Are we going to trust him? And that are we going to trust him that he's, he's doing this for our own benefit or he's doing it for the benefit of somebody else? Because he's good. He's not going to do it because he's mean or vindictive or wants to teach you a lesson or he's, he's good and he's faithful, but you know, there's going to be times when he's telling us something and we just have to trust him and just go with it. And we have to know that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like, so we might not always have that understanding. And I think that also that shows the sign of maturity in a Christian in their walk is if they can do what he says in obedience without the, but why? Or I need to know all the answers behind it. And yeah. I need to know exactly how this is going to play out. Yeah. Yeah. There was there was um, a time I was reading a book and it may have, I can't quite 100% remember, but I think it was probably had to do with the heavenly man. He's a Christian pastor out of China. And um, Brother just, Yoon. Yeah. So he, I think it was him, recounted a story where he's traveling on a train across across this country. And he heard, I mean, and he has been used to hearing the voice of God, 
but he heard God tell him, um, up here at the curve where the train's going around, I want you to jump off the train. And so he was like, I am not jumping off this train. Yeah. And he just flat out said, no, I'm not doing that. And, and I'm sure there was some doubt in that, you know, in his thought processes, like, was that me? I, I, was that me? <laughs> I must be crazy or whatever. And so he heard it again. I want you to jump off this train around right over there at the curve. No, I'm not doing this. Yeah. I'm not jumping off this train. And finally he heard it a third time. I want you to jump off this train. And so he realized the urgency behind the voice and he's like, I'm on the verge of, of, of disobeying God. And, and if I'm going to do this, I've got to be obedient. And he kind of wrestled back and forth in his mind for a few minutes. And so finally he decided, okay, fine, I'll jump off the dumb train. And so he kind of gathers his little belongings and he jumps off the train. And he was just praying that he didn't break something in the process, <laughs> yeah, break a bone real, or something. Right? And he kind of rolls and he ends up in the dirt and he looks and there's a, there's a guy standing over there. And who had done the same thing, but he didn't notice. This guy had thrown himself off the train. And he starts having a conversation with him. And he's like, why are you out here? And he's like, well, I was trying to kill myself because I'm just at the end of my rope and I can't take it anymore. And wow. so he led the guy to Christ. What? And if he, But if he hadn't been faithful in hearing the crazy thing that God told him to do, yeah. the guy would have died without knowing Christ. Mm, wow. And so, you know, it pushed every button in him to obey that that little voice. And I'm not saying that God's going to call us to do some throw yourself off the train right. sort of things, but there's sometimes that God tells us to do some crazy things and we, he's not going to tell us why. He didn't say, hey, there's a guy over there that's trying to kill himself yeah. and he needs to know about me. But, you know, he had to be, he just had to obey that that voice that he knew was God. Mm-hmm. He knew it was God. Yeah. And, and because somebody else was dependent on it. That's what right. brings me to then, Sandy, like, so he knew that that was God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he had obviously hurt. So like, he had some years brain. of getting tuned to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then talk a little bit about how like reading the Bible and getting in the word helps us discern the voice of God. Well, I think you guys kind of covered that a little bit that once you start reading the, the word and you slow it down and you ask the Holy Spirit to help you to, to really see the heart and emotion and how God thinks and how Jesus thinks. Then you're going to start understanding his nature, his character, that he's motivated by love. Um, and, you know, and seeing how Jesus walked out in the New Testament, that he healed people, he cared mm-hmm. for them, he had compassion on them. You start mm-hmm. understanding how God thinks and what's important to him. And then you're going to, you know, that's that really starts transforming your mind. Because the other thing, too, is like if you start reading the Bible with the idea that God, Father God, is this mean, vindictive old man in a lazy boy recliner with a big stick. He's just out to get me because yeah. I do these things wrong and he's going to whack me over the head. Then you see the whole Bible that way. And it, yep. you, mm-hmm. it colors your, it colors your lens. And so you're not going to have a right perspective of how he thinks and what's important to him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you just, you have to kind of shift your perspective. Yeah. So this reminds me of whenever I was first learning, when I first learned that I could hear God and that he was trying to speak to us and that he wanted to talk to me individually. And I was talking to one of uh, my mentors, one of our teammates who was just pouring into my life. And she said, it's kind of like whenever you're growing up and you could be in the grocery store or at school, but when you hear your caretaker, like your mom or your dad or your sisters or whoever, call out your name like you recognize their voice 
and you can recognize it as theirs because you've known it and you've been around them long enough to hear them. And that's what it was like reading the Bible is it when you read, you get to where you're so in tune with the voice of God because you've read and you've read the word. And so you know whenever he's speaking and that flows right into like it literally says in John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So Jesus himself is the one who says that we listen to his voice. And if we listen to his voice then we must know his voice and be able to recognize it. And it's fun because we can trust that not because we've just decided to know it, but because it's literally what he says. And they, whenever he says, I know them and they follow me. That's what speaks to the, to the relationship and speaks to the action part of it. So just like Dr. Tracy, whenever you wrote that we must be willing to listen and then also willing to receive. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus also follows that up with an action that once they hear me, then they follow me. And that's kind of like the marker or the fruit of someone who really is listening to the voice Mm -hmm. of the Lord. And it's super fun because that's whenever we're actually walking in the fullness of our identity and who we're created to be, because that's exactly what Jesus demonstrated on the earth is that he would listen and then respond to what the father Mm -hmm. was doing. So, okay. We continue on with the next (laughs) excerpt, Sandy. We're ready. Okay. Yes. So next it says, so what if you pray and still hear nothing? What if you go through your day looking for Jesus and see nothing? Well, first examine your life. Is there something in it that's blocking you from hearing or seeing? If the answer is no, then move forward. It might be that he wants you to sit in the stillness and calmness of his presence a little while longer. But if the answer is yes, we have to deal with that before moving on. Think about building a pyramid. If you skip a section, it will not stay on the test of time. So often we want to identify a problem and call it good. We think admitting it is all it takes, then we can move forward. But often it requires a little more. We have to admit and release it. For example, if it's unforgiveness that's the issue and you admit that you have unforgiveness, what, uh, what changes, what change comes? We have to recognize it and then forgive. Some of you are thinking, but you don't understand what Sally Sue did. <laughs> You're right. I don't and I can't. But we serve a Savior that does. Jesus was beaten, mocked, spit, spit on, hung on a cross, and he had every right, as, as we say, to be angry. But instead, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they've done. Jesus endured the ultimate betrayal, the ultimate trauma, and he showed us the ultimate forgiveness. We know the passage, Ephesians 6.12, and that tells us that the battle is not against flesh. In verse 11, the Bible tells us that we must put on the full armor so we can be ready. Scripture even specifically tells us what that armor is in verses 13 through, uh, sorry, 13 through 18. John even notes how Jesus tells his disciples bad things are going to happen in John 16.33. We have a choice. We can focus on those bad things and allow them to consume us, or we can stand on the fact that Jesus has overcome the world. The world today doesn't make uh, walking in victory easy, but it is part of our inheritance, and it's so worth it. It is so worth it. And Tracy, I like this part of the Devo for really a couple of reasons, and one of them is that this portion really drives home this idea that 
if we're not hearing from God, it's not because he's not speaking. Right. You know what I mean? And actually that kind of thinking is super dangerous because if we start to believe that he's not speaking, then it's a really slippery slope to where we start questioning his character entirely. Because then we'll start to think things like, well, why did God create me just to leave me? Or why doesn't he care about me or my situation and things like that? Like if we let our minds go down that rabbit hole, we start to make actually accusations against God that dig us further and further from the truth about who he is. And the truth is exactly what you said in your writings that Jesus endured the ultimate betrayal, the ultimate trauma, and that can't possibly come from a God who doesn't care. Like he has to be good. Right. So what do you think? Well, I mean, what, so what, what lens do we see God through? And you've kind of hit on that. Like if, if we don't believe that God's good, then we're not going to expect, not that we deserve it, but we're not going to expect that he's going to do good things for us or that he's going to be with us always. And I mean, it starts contradicting his word at some point, you know, if you don't believe he's good. Mm -hmm. And so it's super important that we see Jesus rightly in, in the word, you know, and that's yeah. why we need the Holy Spirit. And that's why, you know, it says, um, well, I know uh, one of the uh, pastors I follow is, is Mike Bickle, and he has a really interesting statement. He says, it takes God to know God. Mm-hmm. So in other words, it, you know, it takes him revealing himself to us through the word mm-hmm. or yeah. revealing him himself and when he speaks to us to really know his character. In other words, he wants to help us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wants to help us to know him better. He's helping in the relationship. And so, I mean, how that's so, I mean, that's so kind and so uh, merciful and compassionate because we do a lot of dumb things, you know? Yeah. And so <laughs> it's not helpful to, that we do all these dumb things because it interferes with our relationship with Christ, but he's, he wants to help us to know him, him mm-hmm. better so that mm-hmm. just so that we can benefit. So I think it is really important, though, that we so we that we realize that he's a good God and he's for us. Mm-hmm. He's definitely not against us, and he's not sitting in the big lazy boy recliner with a big stick in his hand, you know. Right. No, and he still speaks. I mean, you said it well ago that you know in John where it says, "My sheep hear my voice." Yeah. If he wasn't speaking, he wouldn't he wouldn't put that scripture in there for right. starters. But you know, I think. You know, I was kind of like Sandy and growing up in that very religious background. And we weren't taught right. that he speaks because he gave us his word. Mm. And that was enough. And I remember as a child thinking, okay, what is that? How does that help me? Because if it's not really the living word of Christ. Yeah. And somebody says, well, the answer to your problems is in this book. To me, that wasn't ever helpful because I couldn't understand how a God that wasn't going to speak to me, yeah, how these words were going to be relevant to me today. Right. You know, kind yeah. of that when the teacher would say, you'd ask them how to spell a word and they'd say, well, look it up in the dictionary. And I always thought, well, if I knew how to spell it, I wouldn't need a dictionary. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. How, how do you, and it, it was the same thing. If, if God wasn't speaking to, to me, how could I find any answers yeah. in his word? 
And then it would just make the Bible a really good story mm-hmm. and not this living, breathing yes. thing yeah. that teaches us how to live and and who to follow. Yeah. And it reveals God himself. Mm-hmm. Like, And it really what? shut down a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah quickly. That's true. Quickly, because if you don't think that he has anything to say to you. So it's kind of like what? Like you're mm-hmm. telling your little kids to believe in Santa Claus. I mean, really and truly, you can't see Santa Claus. I mean, all they have is like right. pictures and caricatures and stuff. But so you want to tell your child, you're trying to explain to Johnny, you you need to believe in Jesus. Now you can't see him, uh, and he he's invisible, and oh, and he doesn't speak. Right. So I mean, like, what kind of motivation is that? You right. Know? It makes him no different than actually Santa Claus or the yeah, yeah exactly anything else. Yeah, yeah. and. I also like then the second part that I really like about this portion of um, the Devo is how it really kind of hits on our journey of restoration part of connection with God and how we talk about how God is always connected to us. It's just going to be our awareness of him that increases. So like God is, in other words, God is always speaking to us. It's going to be if we're training That's our ourselves. That's mm-hmm. so important. To hear and to know that he has something to say to us individually that changes things. Right. Or even corporately. And I mean, I went, I mean, we need each other. You know what I mean? And I mean, I've been through a season where I was filtering everything through the lens of fear. So if he's always speaking to me, but I'm not aware of it, or if my lens is off, mm-hmm. then everything that I think that I'm hearing is going to come through that. And I remember I would read, I would read scripture and immediately feel this shame and immediately feel like this condemnation. And I went to a friend one time and I was like, man, I'm in prayer and here's what God has said. And I just gave this list of everything that I wasn't doing right. Mm -hmm. Or I made this list of all the things that I wasn't doing enough Mm -hmm. of. I was like, he said I needed to be better at. He said I needed to do more of. He said I needed to. And she just looked at me and she was like, whoa, like that's not in line with the character of God. Like this is actually not, that's not the voice of the Lord. And she sat that me, it came with shame and condemnation. Yeah, that it yeah. came with shame and condemnation. And she sat me down. She said, "Will you just read Romans right quick? Just read this real quick, and then tell me what you think." And I read it out loud, and I told her what I was getting from it again that I wasn't doing enough or being enough. And she was like, "No, no, no," because right here, then in Romans, it also says in Romans eight one, it says, "Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus." And it was in that moment, it was like the blinders fell off or whatever happened. And I had realized that I had been hearing wrong, mm-hmm. like quote unquote hearing. And I say that be, like in quotes because I realized that I had been hearing God through a dirty filter. And the truth is that we can hear something from him and there can be a conviction, right. but that conviction will lead to freedom. Right. Yes. If and you deal with it. If you deal with yes. it. Right. But if you sit in that, it can be, then it becomes quickly condemnation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then immediately when it gets to condemnation, like then you go into shame Mm -hmm. and then you go into hiding Mm -hmm. and that doesn't produce the freedom that it was intended to produce. Mm -hmm. Right. And it changed my life 
when I was like, oh, I'm not here. Like, that's not the voice of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't come to condemn. He will convict, but he won't condemn. And I think also for this part, to just highlight the importance of community, you know, like people, I could have gotten really, really weird if I would have stayed in that spirit of fear and with that condemnation and reading the Bible, thinking that I was never going to be good enough and that I couldn't be perfect. Like, and then, and I would have stayed in that performance mentality and I would have called it Jesus. Like how dangerous, but he gave us a community so that we can talk these things out. And he gave us friendships so that we can say, Hey, come here. I don't know that that's actually in line with what scripture is saying, or I don't know that you're really actually discerning the voice of God. Like we have to be in community to do that with one another. And not that we need community to hear for us, quote unquote, right? Right. Like you don't have to go to the pastor to hear from God about your life. Like he wants to talk to your life directly, but man, we need each other. And I thought it was, excuse me, I thought it was interesting. Recently I read a story about... um, so in Matthew, you know, when it talks about the angel Gabriel comes down to Mary and announces that she's going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit and carry the baby Jesus. And and so with that, I mean, Mary was in her, she was a teenager, but she knew enough about Hebrew culture and about um, Hebrew law, Jew, Jewish law, that like, she, it, this is not going to be a welcome thing in her community. And so she yeah. would be ostracized and made fun of. And that would probably, I mean, there'd be some long lasting implications from this. But, I mean, she knew that in that instant, but God made, an, God made the arrangements where he said, and your cousin Elizabeth is pregnant. So in other words, he gave her community mm. in this difficult situation, and they're both in this challenging situation, but that, you know, he gave them each other to be able to go through this together. Yeah. Because then, then Mary goes and visits her. Exactly. And That's then what she's I'm got John the Baptist. Right. And so they're both sort of in the same circumstances. So that's, that's becomes their community where they'll be able to love, they'll be able to support and love each other. And through this kind of challenging time and, and give each other God's perspective on things. Yeah. So, I mean, the Lord put that together mm-hmm. as a community. Yeah. That is so good. And that's why we need each other. We like we need the body. We're made for relationship. We're made for relationships with God and we're made for relationships with each other. And that's also why he says, like, we'll know our place in relation to the rest of the body. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to know. When you look at the community Jesus put in place when he was on earth with his disciples, yeah, they didn't all come from the same background. They didn't have, I mean, he had a tax collector and somebody that owed taxes. And I mean, yep. you know, he he brought together these people for him to be in community with. Yeah. And I think... I think that's a great example for us to know if if Jesus felt like he needed community. Mm-hmm. We know that he was fully man, but he was also fully God. So he really didn't need. Right. But he wanted. He wanted that. And, and if we can look at that and say, okay, if he surrounded himself with a community, why on earth would we think that we are strong enough to do it yeah. Without community. Yeah. Especially when we'll get real weird real quick. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, too, it's important to to kind of think in your head about what kind of community do I want to surround myself with. Yes. So, 
you know, I, I would prefer to surround myself with people that are maybe further, a little bit further along than I am that are going to push me toward God. Mm-hmm. But I need to also be humble that like they come to me and say, Hey, I kind of see you're kind of out of whack in this one little area. You know, maybe you and Jesus should have a conversation and that sort of thing. And so it's important on who you really do surround yourself with. Yes. Yeah. And that's, I would say healthy community defined as people, you want to put people in your circle who are thrusting you towards the fullness of what God has for you and who are following the Bible with Mm -hmm. everything that they know to be following him with in that season. Yes. Like that combination of truth and grace. Yes. Even as they speak to you, they're going to share truth when we need those hard truths. Like Mm -hmm. we're struggling with something, but they're going to do it with grace and mercy and mercy and love. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the Holy Spirit that, you oh. know, that Jesus said, hey, I'm, I'm going to leave you with this helper. And I think it's interesting in the, um, in the, I don't know if it's the Greek or Hebrew, when the word for Holy Spirit, there's a, it's not like the word helper, like I go get a little assistant in the store to go help me find something. It's like, it's a supernatural helper. There's, there's. And that word is uh, translated, it's kind of missing in English, the supernatural component to it. So it's not just like, you know, just an average kind of, uh, like, I just want to help you in the simple way. It's He's given us a supernatural helper, to, and he's doing that out of love. Yeah. To So that he's, all, that the Holy Spirit's always going to be with us and always helping us and always guiding us and leading us in a supernatural way. And but it is like you just said that we have to be aware of that and be looking for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as we wrap up today's session of hearing from God, Dr. Tracy, do you have any final words? Sure. Of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> and so I would just encourage you all to, you know, to ask Jesus to give you eyes to see and ears to hear. He is faithful. He's going to answer that. He will always show up. Mm-hmm. But recognize that he doesn't always send a burning bush or that bright shining star for us to follow. Sometimes it mm-hmm. is that still small voice that we really have to to listen for and we really have to expect and search for it. But yeah. we need to learn how to hear that voice even in the midst of chaos. You know, and sometimes we can't we can't physically go to a quiet place because the chaos around us is just overwhelming. But I want you to just imagine if you were standing in the center of a storm and, you know, when you get to the eye of the storm, everything is perfectly still, Mm -hmm. perfectly calm. There's nothing going on. You can still see the storm around you, but in the eye, you're safe. Yeah. There's nothing happening. Mm. And it's there in that calmness and that quiet that that you're going to find Jesus and ask him to give you revelation and wait there with him. So many times we want to rush out of that calmness and into the storm. But I think when we wait on him and we ask him, which way do we need to go? Mm-hmm. Just like when he parted the Red Sea, he will cover you with his grace and part the chaos so you can just walk right through it. Mm. That is so good. That's a mic drop on that one. Right? <laughs> so, Sandy, do you have any final words? Um, I don't think so. This is this has been a great discussion, and um, I think it really it's going to really help a lot of people and open people's eyes when they really grasp the concept that God wants us to hear Him. Yeah. I mean, He wants to have that living, breathing relationship, two-way conversation thing. 
And it may not look like what we're expecting, but we have to be open to that because we're dealing with a supernatural God who can do things, you know, any number of ways. And, and, he's, and he's for us and he's given us the Holy Spirit. And it says in his word, he's never left us that so that we just have to have you, like you said earlier, have a, a really just a greater awareness that he's speaking to us. Yeah. And just throughout the day, kind of have that moment of like, God, what are you saying here? And what are you doing? And what do you want me to know? Yeah, that's so good. Mm-hmm. So, so here's what I'm hearing. Is it we're created to walk with him and to talk with him and to be in relationship with him. And as we're in relationship, that means that there's two way conversation that as much as we share with him what's on our hearts, that we listen to what's on his heart as well. And that we do hear him, that we are his sheep and we do know his voice and that he's always speaking to us. And so I just want to take a moment and just pray for you guys that the Lord would give you ears to hear. And I just declare that you do recognize his voice and that you're free to follow it. Jesus, I ask that you would just speak to our spirits the next thing that you want us to know or the next thing that you want us to do. And Jesus, I ask for a strength and a courage for each of us to step out in faith, to do it, to respond, that it's not enough to just hear it, but we need to respond to your voice. I thank you, Lord, that we will follow you all the days of our lives. And we love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. So thank you guys for listening. Again, this has been part of our mini series with Dr. Tracy Rogers and from her devotional that she's written. And so we will continue on next time. Thanks everybody. Bye.